Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. We were just discussing our love of trashy 80s, early 90s, paperback teen books. Yes. Like Sweet Valley High. Well, everyone's talking about A Wrinkle in Time coming out. And I was telling Rachel that I I did not <laughs> read that book when I was a kid or as an adult either. But I was obsessed with V.C. Andrews, like the Flowers in the Attic books and Sweet Valley High. Same. Uh, and we were talking about Lois, Go Ask Alice and Lois Duncan. Lois Duncan, yeah. <laughs> who did the I Know What You Did Last Summer books right. before they were, it was a major motion picture. But Rachel did read A Wrinkle in Time, I which I'm did. surprised. I'm surprised too, because I never did any of the assigned reading in school because right. I was like a total fucking loser. Mm-hmm. But this was one of the one books I did read in school. It was assigned to us in sixth grade and I fucking loved it. Is it a series? Uh, I do think that, yeah, there was actually books after. So this will probably be a trilogy. Okay. Well, maybe I'll read it. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm, I have a feeling that it was a trilogy. Right. I have no idea. But I thought it was a great book. It made me cry. Aw. Yeah. It was a beautiful story. I can't wait to see the movie. And I'm sure I cried in Flowers in the Attic or one of the (laughs) follow-ups to it. Flowers in the Attic. But what was the second one? They all had like, they all had like flowery names, right? It was like the thorn in the... (laughs) I didn't read the other ones, but you I did. I did have one oh, named Don. I was, I was hardcore. <laughs> Wait, what was? Wasn't there another one like with a, the name? It was like Aurora. It was like some other V.C. Andrews book. I think there was a movie, like a Lifetime movie. We oh. should uh, maybe I'll do like a bonus episode reviewing yeah. that one. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Lifetime and V.C. Andrews together. That's like that's peanut butter and chocolate. Like, yeah, it's, it's perfect. better than a Reese's peanut butter cup. Absolutely. So there's no Versace episode this week. Too bad. <clears throat> yeah. Just I actually watched day. the opening of the previous episode before I realized it was, there wasn't a new episode. And you I was like, like oh, God, they're again? really like hammering home that, that Donatella is a bitch. Well, sometimes it's hard to tell because it's like. <laughs> right. Oh, and I probably wasn't going... paying that much attention to that scene. And I was this time because I was like, wait, the whole time I was like, is this the same? Well, it's not linear storytelling and they do write stuff. So. Yeah. So it was confused. But and we didn't have like, a Versace a this week. It'll be back up, I think, February 28th, it said. So we'll recap. I also saw another kind of crime related um, series is coming. Did you see the Tupac and Biggie one? Oh. It's starting the 27th, I think. Yeah. Is it Lifetime? Is it FX? What I is don't it? know. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying. Look. Maybe. <laughs> I just, as someone obviously who's a huge fan of both of those artists, I I walk I, I walk into with hesitation anytime a biopic is is done on them. But I'll watch it. I'll check it out. I'll check it so out. Maybe we'll check that one out too. Right. And then the other one I'm kind of excited for is Trust about the kidnapping of um, J.P. J, J. Getty or the kid in oh. Italy. I mean, these are both stories I think we'll cover at some point. So right. I'm definitely going to check them out. Absolutely. It did remind me though, <clears throat> one more random thing before we start our story. Our story. <laughs> um, uh, I saw the um, Biggie and Tupac thing and it reminded me like in the 90s, 
I was deathly afraid of Suge Knight. I literally was like, he will fucking kill you. <laughs> like, I don't know why I was so afraid of him because there was no way I would ever probably come in contact well, you heard with about him. What he did to Vanilla Ice. Right. Death I was, was just shook. so, I was so shook by Suge Knight that I was just terrified of him. And it is nice to see him now sort of a mask, like just completely like he's nothing, you know, so yeah. I don't have to have that fear anymore. But yeah, it was an overwhelming fear of Suge Knight. I was like, whoa, he is a monster. <laughs> Based purely on like whatever, it probably isn't even true stories, but like he definitely built up that reputation as if he was this. My favorite intimidating Suge Knight moment was at the Source Awards in 1995, I believe, and he was talking shit about puff daddy oh on stage on stage yeah yeah i remember he didn't say his name directly but he was like at least i don't i'm not the producer all in the videos dancing right. in the background like he's like you want to fuck with us come to death row and then he dropped the mic right, down. i remember that i was like damn I mean, your, this your guy record is label is death row it's this scary. guy's serious business yeah. but it's you know as an adult now i'm yeah. not as scared of him okay that's good does <laughs> he you. overcame a childhood fear yes see okay. it's possible yeah all okay. right, so we had some Patreon contributors this week. Thank you guys so much. It really means a lot. Uh, this week we had Diane. We had, oh, I'm sorry, Diane was last week, but thanks, Diane, again. Oh, Diane, That's, Dirty Diana gets dirty two. Dirty Diana gets two <laughs> shout-outs. Uh, okay, so this week we had Carrie. Matthew updated your pledge. Thank you so much. We have Alyssa. We have Alicia and Kay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so That's much. That's so sweet. And if you want to help the show but you don't have cash, which a lot of people don't, you can tell a friend. You can subscribe. rate and review us and subscribe. And you can join our Facebook fan club or friend group. I don't know right. what it is. I mean, I your guess. listenership yeah. is more important than yes. your money, but your money does help. <laughs> <laughs> But we do sure. love all our listeners yeah. and we really love There's lots of ways you can help the show. Yeah. That's we, my point. We love all the support that we've gotten. Mm -hmm. We're we're really blown away. We did get a lot of fun replies this week. This week we are talking about uh the case of Bobby Kent. Now, this is going to be a movie versus reality episode, so this is not a crime that took place in Hollywood, California or to any celebrities, but it was made into a pretty big movie in 2001. That movie is called Bully. Uh, Desi, you've seen the movie. Yes. It was and a Larry Clark movie. It's a Larry Clark movie. That's like his best movie, I would say. Like it's his most movie Do you movie? like it better than kids? Yes. I do too. Because it's a more of a linear story. And it has like kids is like a day in the life of right, which is fine. I like kids too, but yeah. I do feel like Bully is more of a substantial a, movie. I think it's a and solid, I like the subject matter, obviously tight movie. Well, I was I was telling Rachel before that I was actually following the case and I had read the book, um, and I think the book might be called Bully too, but I'm not sure. It is. It's yeah. Bully with a semi. It has like a yeah. It has like a subtitle. A true tale of yeah something. And speaking of which, I was going to say. I actually tried to purchase the book this past week to read it for the show, but it's not available as an ebook, and I didn't have enough time to order it, so uh, I didn't get to read the book. It's good. But I did read uh, a lot of newspaper articles and a lot of, uh, you know, transcripts from the trial. And, right. Um, it was a pretty big case. There was a lot of information about this case online, so I was really happy about that, that I was able to get a lot of stuff for this episode. 
Uh, now, the film Bully was released in 2001. It stars the late, great Brad Renfro, who, Aww. rest in peace, one of my I love him. all-time childhood crushes. Me and too. He's so cute. Favorite actors growing up. Nick Stahl and Bijou Phillips, who's fabulous in this movie. And, like we said before, directed by Larry Clark of Kids fame. This is what Roger Ebert had to say about Bully. Bully calls the bluff of movies that pretend to be about murder, but are really about entertainment. His film has all the sadness and shabbiness, all the mess and cruelty and thoughtlessness and thoughtless stupidity of the real thing. Roger loved the movie yeah, when it good. came out. And I just want to say that the opening song in the movie Bully is uh, by JT Money, and it's called Who Dat? So any kids that were um, grew up in the 90s and uh, were teens in the early 2000s will hopefully remember that song. It, it was a jam, and I was really happy to uh, be reminded that that's how the movie starts out. It's right. sort of the perfect tone yeah, it gets for you the, right movie. Into the movie. Yeah. Oh. We're going to start with the crime. Bobby Kent was born May 12, 1973 to Iranian immigrants, Farah and Fred Kent. He grew up in Hollywood, Florida, which is a suburb close to Fort Lauderdale, and it's a middle-class neighborhood. There are some nicer homes there, um, and he lived on the same block as his best friend named Marty Puccio. Marty was born March 21, 1973, so these kids are the same age. they childhood friends since third grade marty and bobby had been best friends since the third grade but the two boys didn't exactly have the most healthy or supportive relationship of each other bobby was athletic a good student and had a considerably more privileged life than marty who was a high school dropout and was really seen by everybody as a slacker he was a surfer guy he would cut class he had a couple run-ins with the law, like for shoplifting and weed possession. He didn't have any ambition, really. His parents were hard on him for not having any ambition. He right. was like a loaf, I guess. That's a very common Florida type. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm from Florida originally. So, I mean, it's just so many people I know just take that route there. I yeah. think maybe it's the lifestyle there. It's the hot beach. and sunny. Right. And then they, a lot of them do end up kind of getting into these weird businesses eventually, like, and they make a lot of money, like selling garage door openers or whatever. Like, some like random thing. Yeah. Some random thing where it's like, they had no passion for anything, but they kind of fall into something right. eventually, maybe through their family or whatever. But yeah, it's just such a loafer environment there. Well, uh, as I've said before in the show, I've never been to Florida before. Oh, right. That's but right. I feel that this movie does a really good job capturing what I feel like Florida suburbia is like. Right. I think uh, Larry Clark's direction is pretty excellent. And everyone's always sweaty. Everyone in this movie is sweaty at all times. It's very humid. And I felt that that was a really nice touch. Is yeah. Everyone was sweaty yeah. in the whole movie. It's swampy there. Yeah. I mean, especially in their location which is like they're south florida yeah, south this florida. is where hollywood florida is it's southern florida it's closer to miami than right. like i don't know tallahassee <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only other don't florida place i know i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out florida it's right no now it's no pensacola it's no <laughs> so uh both of these boys um 
Bobby and Marty, they loved going to the gym. They were like gym tan laundry. Yeah, totally. They were, I'm sorry, they were that was Jer- a Jersey Shore. They were Jersey reference. Shore before. I mean, Marty especially is so Jersey Shore looking because he's Italian. No, you mean Bobby. I mean, no, Marty too. Marty's though. Italian. He's Italian. He has that Jersey Shore. But you should see what I mean, Bobby, Bobby yeah, like. he's he's like pumped. Bobby but like was, no, Bobby, um... Let me just tell you about Bobby. Okay. Bobby looked nothing like the guy who played him in the movie. He was played by Nick Stahl, right? He looks the exact opposite right. of how Bobby actually looked. Bobby right. was a yoked up, olive skinned, um, just yoked, like right. thick neck from right. either steroids or just a ton of pumping iron. Right. I must be thinking of Nick Stahl because he is completely thin and like that's what you're getting i think that's what you can but marty is that italian marty was italian uh catholic his family was catholic puccio obviously very italian name so uh but these two boys were both into the gym and uh apparently they were abusing steroids as well some have said like they've speculated oh you know bobby's steroid use was Wait, I'm dying because I just searched for Bobby Kent and I totally remember. See? No, I totally remember what he looks like now that I'm looking again because I was just thinking of the character in the movie. He is so <laughs> How sorry. How did cast Nick Stahl in that role? I mean, I love him. I love Nick Stahl but too. But yeah, in this it part. is a really weird casting, but my God. It's hilarious. They they, they were so Jersey Shore. They both of these boys were so Jersey Shore looking, but the, the, Nick Stahl couldn't look any more opposite than the no. real Bobby Kent. No. Uh, well, and Nick Stahl's attractive. Bobby Kent's kind of meatheady looking. He's too meatheady. No I'm yeah. not into the meathead thing. It's just um, not my thing. But Bobby was, you know, a popular guy. Right. He was, uh, like I said, very athletic. He was kind of a class clown. He was well liked, and uh, he was also a piece of shit. <laughs> right. Uh, he was very, very uh, abusive to his best friend Marty. And Marty was often left with bruises. One time he had his nose fractured from Bobby. He punched him in the face. Like he was just not a good friend to this guy. And he was also emotionally and psychologically abusive as well. He would right. publicly humiliate him for his own personal satisfaction. But they were best friends. Right. And Nick, I mean Nick, <laughs> uh, uh, Marty was sort of Bobby's you know, sidekick. Like they were inseparable. Uh, at one point, Bobby and Marty attempted to peddle a homemade porn film to adult video stores in South Florida, and the two of them weren't having sex in the film. In fact, they had coerced a 41-year-old man named Lawrence Schaefer into dancing around naked with a dildo, so that was the film they made. <clears throat> Where was the dildo? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he actually inserted it, but at one point in the video, he says, why don't you stick it in there? Marty says that. He's, he's behind the camera. Uh-huh. So these boys just pay this guy, or they, they didn't even pay him, but they were like, be in our hey, video. we'll give you a percentage on the back end. <laughs> right. So they go to downtown South Florida, wherever, and they're trying to downtown cuddle. Downtown South I don't Florida. fucking know. They're in Southern Florida. Yeah. I'm not good with Florida. Dude, that is the lamest porn video ever. I saw a clip of it on this Ooh. one like A&E special on the case. It was really bad looking. Well, I mean, come on. Like this guy, it's just a guy dancing, like stripping and oh, okay. holding like a sex toy, right. like waving it around. Those were more innocent times. <laughs> we need more nowadays. Right. No one wanted the tape. 
Right. Nobody wanted to buy it. They're there like, goes that get rich quick scheme. They were like, this is garbage. <laughs> uh, Schaefer later claimed that he paid Marty to have phone sex with him because that was something that Marty would do is he would sell phone sex. He would charge. With men? Yeah, with men. With, uh-huh. with men. Uh-huh. And Schaefer was actually later beaten up and robbed by the two boys. Oh. Yeah. So this is all post high school, right? Yes. They're out of high school yes, now. Yes, they're uh-huh. just out of high school. Uh-huh. So the film Bully also suggests that Bobby had also been sexually abusive to Marty as well, which was like used as a control tactic, right. which may have been true. Police actually were investigating whether or not they had a homosexual relationship. And I think, well, that's the language that they used. I wouldn't call that any kind of consensual relationship at all. Um, But it was speculated that there was some sort of sexual relationship, whether it was abusive or uh, I don't think there was any chance it was consensual. Right. Um, But it is possible that Bobby was abusive in that manner too because he was abusive in – multiple ways right. and really that would be to... like a common humiliation exactly in, in like that kind of straight guy community like right where that would be humiliating them yeah, yeah. and the boys were relatively homophobic as well even though they oh, totally dabbled in the uh gay nightlife scene but I that was really the gay arts <laughs> in the gay arts as if it's harry potter no desi i dabble in the gay arts <laughs> so uh, yeah they would but they would that was just a tactic to get to money. get money it yeah. was a hustling mm-hmm. technique so uh, the movie Bully is actually one of the most accurate depictions of a true crime in a film I've ever seen. Uh, when I was researching this case, and I had seen the movie before, like over a decade ago, uh, and I watched it again recently, uh, a couple nights ago, and as I was researching the case, like I'm like, wow, this is like details are like very small right. details are included in the film, and pretty much the movie is exactly how it went down. Uh, from what I gathered from the stuff I researched this week, uh, including even there's snippets of dialogue that are taken directly from things that characters said or parents said in interviews later. Okay. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I I, I liked that it was such an accurate representation. Uh, the one huge thing that wasn't accurate was the way – uh, the Bobby Kent looked in the movie was like right the casting yeah but overall I do think that the casting is really good it worked because everyone's great actor in everyone it. was a great yeah. actor in it um, and if you don't know the case or the people you're not going to be disturbed by that no like, and yeah. it's still a really and even if you don't know the case or or care mm. about the case it's a very compelling story um, and it's relevant it's just always relevant that the idea of being bullied like that right everyone kind of even if you didn't have it happen to you you, I mean I knew guys like Bobby Kent like I was not involved with them in any way but I would see that kind of relationship between teenager it's the ultimate toxic masculinity sort of right beating up on your best friend and um we'll see the women we'll we're going to talk about the women now that he beat up on as well um so Bobby had essentially made Marty his bitch whatever he said Marty did And Marty was afraid of him. Bobby was also said to have been like Eddie Haskell, one of the prosecutors. um, Maybe it was, or maybe it was one of Marty's attorneys, but somebody when the trial was going on compared uh, Bobby to Eddie Haskell in that he was kind of a suck up, good kid to the parents and this menace and terror to all of his peers. 
So Marty starts dating this 18-year-old girl named Lisa Connolly. She was another burnout and high school dropout, just like Marty. The Miami Herald described Lisa as, quote, chubby, red-haired, and lonely-hearted. I know. <laughs> she really is sad. <laughs> so Lisa in the film is played by Rachel Miner, who is not chubby, but compared to uh, Bijou Phillips... Bijou Phillips is like a twig in that movie. Right. So I guess that's like their Hollywood she's sort of Hollywood chub. Right. And so she's normal. not chubby at all. Yeah. Like whatever. Um, but I, I had forgotten um, that Rachel Miner was Macaulay Culkin's ex-wife. Remember? Oh, when, right. Remember when he got yes. married when he was like 18? Yeah. That was the girl he married. That's right. They were I married totally... for like three months or something. That's hilarious. Yeah. I remember being so sad when he got married. Cause like, obviously I liked Macaulay Culkin when I was little. Yeah. I so you were like, upset. I was like, oh. You're like, oh, he's taken. He's taken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, uh, Lisa uh, was very insecure about her looks and her weight. And she actually had, and this was depicted in the movie, in Lisa's bedroom, her walls were covered with cutouts of hunky looking guys and girls and models. Right. Sort of like this ideal that she had for herself and for her future or it was a vision board. It was her vision board, but <laughs> yeah. it was her whole room. It was just cutouts of, you know, beautiful looking bodies. Right. And that was what she wanted. And so when she meets Marty and he's this like good looking blonde surfer guy with muscles, right. she's smitten. And she wants to be with him. And he's giving her self-esteem just from looking the way that he does. Right. And she falls in love with him instantly. In the movie, she actually goes to her mom after their first date and says, oh, I have a boyfriend. And that actually, according to this Miami Herald article I was reading from 1993, that is something that she actually said to her mom. Aww. So she fell... Hard, fast. Hard, fast. I mean, she, this is a girl who was really looking for acceptance and approval. Right. Um, Lisa, however, was really getting tired of Marty spending all of his time with Bobby. So she set, set up Bobby with her best friend, 17-year-old Allie Willis, a high school dropout who had been part of a high school prostitute ring run, run by a retired boat captain. Now, that's a case wow. that I feel like I wanted to sort of deviate when I, I went off into like a another, uh, I was like, yeah. oh, I need to research this. What's Allie's what story? What the <laughs> fuck is this about? Uh, I did find the uh, a newspaper article about that case uh, when that man was arrested. He was a old retired uh, boat, unemployed boat captain guy, mm -hmm. and he was running a prostitution ring at a Florida high school and recruiting young girls. Well, I take back what I said about people in Florida having no ambition. <laughs> <laughs> this guy had lots of ambition. Unfortunately, it was ambition to pimp out underage girls. Right. And he did. And Allie Willis was one of those girls. Wow. I have like a real image of him in my head. <laughs> it's probably accurate. It's probably, he's scary looking. Yeah, I looked him that up. That sounds scary. I looked up his mugshot. He's, I think he's still in prison. Thank God. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, Allie in the movie is played by Bijou Phillips. Right. And in the first shot of Bijou Phillips, you get some really excellent under boob. I was just thinking about that bikini top. The bikini. It's barely. It's, her boobs are popping out the bottom. They're popping out the bottom. I mean, it is like excellent top notch under boob. Right. I was very happy about original. that. It yeah. was great. Uh, like I said before, Bijou Phillips, I think 
does such a great performance in this role. She she's great. She's perfect for it. And Allie had gotten pregnant as a teen, and when that baby was a year old, she left it in her mother's care, and she moved in with her friend Lisa. Allie then began dating Bobby Kent. Uh, I wrote a note here that just says, lots of pubes in this movie. And there was. There's a lot of pubes. It was was uh, pre-shaving. There's guy pubes. There's girl pubes. There's... um, Lisa, you see Lisa's pubes. You see Marty's pubes. Yeah. You probably, I think you see Bobby's pubes. You just see every, every main character in this movie, you see their pubic hair. I love pubes. I like seeing it in a movie. It's refreshing. It's different. Right. So I just put that as a note there. Bobby was super abusive to Allie. And she said that he was possessive of her and that he beat her and raped her. I know, Romy, it is bad. Their relationship did not last. Lisa obviously hated Bobby because of his treatment towards her boyfriend Marty and her best friend Allie. But Marty was also abusive to Lisa too. And this is something they briefly touched on in Bully. um, That Marty, he grabs Lisa by the wrists in the movie Uh when she tells him that she's pregnant with his child. And it leaves a mark on her. And I wondered if that was just done for dramatic effect or if that was actually true but I did read uh later on that yes in fact Marty was abusive to Lisa but she didn't give a fuck right she loved this guy and she wanted to be with him at any cost like I said before he was her dream guy aesthetically and she just wanted to be loved yeah you know she just wanted a boyfriend really bad so she was with him and as any a lot of badder women she wasn't like you know, I'm, he's, you know, he's going to change. Right, he's right, like, right. I love him, mom. Like, yeah. you know, the mom wasn't happy about her being with this Marty guy because he <laughs> knew that, uh, he was being abusive to her daughter. Right. I think actually, um, and, and Bobby was a piece of shit also. Bobby was, you know, a piece of shit to Lisa as well. Oh, so abusing his his friend's girlfriend too yeah like verbally abusing well bobby seems to be an equal opportunity bobby doesn't care who it is he's He's going to abuse anybody that comes in his path one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. 
All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. So in June of 1993, Marty told Lisa that he was ready to end his toxic relationship with Bobby. Lisa urged Marty to confront Bobby and to put an end to the relationship once and for all. Around this time, Lisa learned that she was pregnant with Marty's baby. And she also became convinced that the only way to truly get rid of Bobby was to murder him. Mm. She even talked about this with Marty. In an interview years later, Lisa claims that yes, she did say that she told Marty she wanted to murder Bobby, but that she didn't really mean it. She was just a kid. She's like, I just said that. Right. So on July 13th, 1993, Lisa Connolly called Allie Willis and told her that Bobby said he was going to murder her and her baby if she didn't get back together with him. Uh, Allie was rightfully fucking freaked out. This is a guy she was with for a few weeks who was abusive to her and now she's hearing from her best friend that he wants to kill her and her baby. So she was pregnant too? No, I said before she had uh, a baby that she left with her mom. Oh, I thought you said Bobby said he was going to murder her and her baby. Yeah, she had a baby. Allie had a baby. Oh, murder her old baby that she already had yeah oh okay i'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. no i'm getting wasn't... confused because everyone's like knocked up <laughs> dude everyone's knocked up right I know. okay okay so he, he was gonna marry her and her child or whatever murder her and her child right okay. right so ali has a baby that's like a year old at this point got it. and that she had had from some rando got it when she was in high school right. i just got confused because the other one's pregnant yes too. everyone's Lisa. pregnant yeah. or has a baby okay got it and they're teenagers <laughs> it's a mess it's very florida yeah it's very <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so uh, uh, let's see. Lisa would later deny that she had called to talk about planning on murdering him. She again says that she wasn't serious at all, but according to Allie, Lisa was trying to get her involved with the plot to murder Bobby. Allie showed up at Lisa's house with her new boyfriend, 17-year-old Donnie Semenik, who in the film is played by Michael Pitt. I know, I love Michael Pitt. Okay, uh, and he's very sweaty also in this yes. movie. Everyone's very sweaty. Mm-hmm. I have to keep reiterating that. Uh, <laughs> and her friend, 18-year-old Heather Swallers, who in the film was played by Kelly Garner. Both of these uh, individuals are also burnouts and druggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather had had lots of problems with drugs in the past. In the movie, they show her breaking out of rehab to get a ride to Allie's house, or I'm sorry, to Lisa's house. So... Uh, Lisa is just meeting Donnie and Heather for the first time. These are just people that Allie knows that one of them's Allie's boyfriend and the other is a friend. Right. So Lisa had also been in touch with a self-proclaimed hitman, a 20 year old named Derek Kaufman, who in the film is played by Leo Fitzpatrick, which was Telly in kids. Okay. Who does an excellent job in this film because he's so fucking trashy. Yeah. He is a mullet. 
I mean, and like what? a black wife beater on and like a silver chain. I love that he's a hit man at 20. I'm sorry. Self-proclaimed <laughs> yeah. hit man. I have to say yeah. those words, self-proclaimed hit man. Like that's what he said he was. Yeah. And you're going to see why he was self-proclaimed in a, okay. in a minute. Yeah. I love talking about stupid criminals. I know. I mean, it's so sad. It's so sad. So um, the group met with this guy, Derek, on July 13th to talk about getting a gun to kill Bobby with. But Derek said he's like, I can't get a gun that fast. And first of all, I'm thinking, if you're a hitman, why don't you just have a gun? I mean, I mean it I seems know. like 101 hitman class. Seems like he you should have, have an arsenal of guns. Gun. At least one gun. Or someone with a gun. How do you not have one gun? That's your job. As a hitman. What are you, sawing their heads off? Like, come on. That's come on. like you're uh, a writer and you don't have... A laptop or... Or a writing utensil. A pencil? Anything. <laughs> Like, sorry, I can't get one on such short notice. Right. That's crazy. Jesus, how dare you ask me for that? You idiot. You fucking idiots. But Lisa was impatient. She wanted Bobby dead now. So that night, Allie and Lisa lured Bobby to a remote area in Broward County at a construction site. The plan was for Allie to seduce Bobby and for Lisa to shoot him with her mom's gun. But when they got there, Lisa chickened out. When they returned back to the block that Bobby, Bobby and Marty lived on, Bobby uh, allegedly raped Allie that night at his house. So the next day, the group recruits 19-year-old Derek Zverko to help with their plot. Derek is Lisa's cousin, uh, who's played by... Um, the guy who goes, she doesn't even go here in Mean Girls. I fucking forget his name right now. I don't remember But either. he's great. Yeah. He was great in this movie. Everyone was great. Um, where was Marty? I wrote that. I don't know why. Where was Marty at this point? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell you where Marty was, Desi. On July 14th at 11.30 p.m., the group heads to Marty's house. Marty emerged wearing a black trench coat, combat boots, and a red bandana. Whoa. Allie described him as, quote, looking like Rambo. Okay. Marty wants to kick some butt, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Rambo. Like, I love that that's like her, like, ooh, heart, heart eyes. He kind of sounds like he looked more like one of the Columbine shooters. Like, I was, I mean, say, I know that was pre Columbine, but like, it was like six years before Columbine, but that was like the a, trench coat mafia. It was an early um, prototype of the trench coat mafia look. Yeah, totally. But he's like the really, bandana made in Florida. Right. <laughs> you have to add a little flair because it's Florida. Yeah. Before you, gotta, you kill you gotta, someone, you gotta to keep the sweat out of your. You gotta be fucking extra before you kill your best friend because you're oh in my Florida. God, the outfit. So he's wearing this fucking outfit. He also has a scuba knife strapped to his thigh. Like, he literally does think he's going to be in an action movie at right. this point. Marty says, okay, I'm ready. Can you just, <laughs> I just imagine him, like, busting it's out so of the It's so sad. House. I'm literally cringing on every level. Like, like, I, like, I just imagine him standing there just like, let's do this. Like, like all he has to do is put on some fucking shades. The Florida in me gets really excited by this kind of Florida stupidity. <laughs> I just can't even tell you. It, like, gives me goosebumps <laughs> that I've escaped this hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I did it. <laughs> so Marty, Allie, Lisa, Heather, and Donnie, and the two Derricks all stood around in Marty's driveway. Two Derricks. <laughs> Listen, you can't even live in Florida if you don't know two people named Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. You got to have at least two Derricks, and they probably spell it differently. Like one is what? <laughs> no, they're both with a K. Okay. 
Well, no, I meant like that you can with spell a Y it with a Y or like an I C K at the end. <laughs> Just like, come on. So they're all examining the weapons that they had brought. And these weapons were an aluminum baseball bat, mm-hmm. a lead pipe, and two knives. What is this fucking clue? <laughs> and the, lead, the lead pipe and a candlestick. Come on. Well, they couldn't get the gun. Uh, you know what's funny about They it? lost that piece in the game. <laughs> you know what's hilarious about this to me is that they still brought the hitman along with them, even he, though he didn't bring the like, gun. He's like, I need to get some credit for one hit. Like He's like... He's like, well, I'm not doing anything. Are you guys going to invite me? Yeah. Got, you, know, gonna, you guys got plans? I got a baseball bat. No, he didn't bring, oh, he didn't anything. He didn't bring any weapons. Jesus he just Christ. fucking came along for the he, ride. He, <laughs> so um, Marty then called Bobby up to invite him to hang out with the group. And Allie had promised him sex and uh, that she could uh they could race her new mustang that she had gotten where did she get a new mustang she had rich parents oh okay yeah 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 yeah. so uh bobby's like sure so at around 11 45 p.m bobby showed up and the group headed out to the kill site in two different cars to broward county when they arrived at the site Allie and heather distracted bobby the plan was for one of the girls to give a signal when when uh they were ready uh, the boys would attack. When the signal was given, Donnie Semenik ran up to Bobby and stabbed him in the back of the neck. Bobby screamed for help. Then Marty ambushed Bobby and stabbed him in the gut with a scuba knife. The wound was deep enough that his intestines began to spill out. <sighs> yeah. Bobby cried. Marty, whatever I did, I'm sorry. But Marty continued to stab him. Donnie and Marty then tackled Bobby to the ground where Marty stabbed Bobby in the heart. Derek Kaufman then approached with the aluminum baseball bat and struck a blow to Bobby's head. Marty then got on top of Bobby and slit his throat twice. Damn. Yeah. Believing him to be dead, the boys dragged Bobby. What made them think that? (laughs) It's like Rasputin. (laughs) Dude, it is like Rasputin. This guy would not die. Believing him to be dead, the boys dragged Bobby to the edge of a nearby swamp. Very Florida. Right. You got to have a you swamp and murder in Florida. Eat the body. They I wanted mean- the alligator to eat the body. Bobby was still alive at this point, but he would die from his injuries while lying in the water. So they murdered him. They all went to dispose of their weapons right they threw some of them in the ocean at the beach but uh derek lisa's cousin wanted to keep his baseball bat hey guys (laughs) i spent a lot i just bought this at big lots honestly (laughs) yeah that was pretty much it (laughs) dude these people are so they even say that in the movie he's like i need my baseball bat back guys come on I'll clean it real good right and he and derek in the movie was like i technically didn't do anything wrong and he said that IRL too. He was like, I didn't do anything. I was just there. Just well, because it was my bat. <laughs> right. So it didn't take long. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I want to make a note here that Allie Willis later confirmed in an interview with NBC Miami in 2011 that the murder scene depicted in the movie Bully was pretty much exactly how it went down. Wow. So that's someone who was actually there confirming, yes, this movie was 
accurate accurate as even the murder scene which usually sometimes it's like oh did they embellish on this murder right. scene um in fact when i was reading some of the medical examiner reports it seemed almost more gnarly yeah than the actual scene in the movie which is pretty brutal because yeah. it does take him a long time to die in the film and he is um begging for begging his, life. For his yeah. life it's it's pretty rough <clears throat> It didn't take long after the murder for the kids to crack. Bobby had been a missing persons case for more than a few days at this point when Allie Willis placed an anonymous call to the police about the murder. So she heard the guilt had gotten the best of her. She said that Marty and Lisa had killed Bobby Kent. Next, Derek Zaverko confessed to his uncle about the murder. And on July 18th, Derek DeVerco led detectives to the body. So he just fucking straight up right. turned his ass in. It was only a matter of days that the five out of the seven kids admitted to having a role in Bobby Kent's murder. So they flipped pretty easily. Right. And they just told everything. At this point, Marty and Derek still maintain their innocence at and this time. And that's the um, self-proclaimed hitman, Derek. N- uh, no, that was Derek DeVerco, the one who led them to the body. Oh, he was okay. like, I didn't have anything oh, right. so he to was do with saying, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He thought if I turn myself in, right. they'll be, you know, I, I didn't do anything. I was just right. there. So he's going to look innocent because right. he... Um, even though he procured the baseball bat and helped drag him into the water right. where he died. So uh, during the trial, the prosecution framed Lisa Connolly as the ringleader of the murder. And she maintained ignorance to the whole murder plot, saying that she thought, I just thought they were going to beat Bobby up. Right. Um, This is a quote from Connolly during the trial. She said, I just wanted him to stop being so mean, but I didn't want him dead. I didn't want him dead. I didn't want him murdered. In 2001, upon the release of the movie Bully, Florida Sun Sentinel paper reported about a juror who had become friends with Lisa following the trial. This juror had felt guilty about convicting Lisa and believed that she was more innocent than she had been portrayed by the prosecution and the media. However, prosecutor Tim Donnelly felt quite the opposite. This is what he had to say about Lisa Connolly. He said that she was spared because she was, quote, a young white girl with the face of a Gerber baby. Uh, (laughs) Lisa just can't win. (laughs) She's just a chubby little baby. Little did Lisa know her chub would be what saved her. Well, even the newspaper articles I was reading about the trial were like red-faced crying Lisa. Like, <laughs> Jesus like they were like dunking on her even in the, um, in, right. the, in the reports about her. It was always like she was blubbering on the witness stand <laughs> and red-faced. Ugh. So, um, okay. He also said, Lisa Connolly is the most manipulative defendant I have prosecuted in 20 years. I will fight this till the day I die. Whoa. Yeah. So he was like, I'm not buying any of your fucking sniveling Gerber baby horseshit, yeah. Lisa. In uh, Oh, and I did find uh, Lisa Connolly's Facebook page because <laughs> um, she's out now. Um, uh, and she basically is like, writing a book now about how she was innocent okay. and that she's not this bully or that she's not the way that everyone framed her, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, uh, in 1995, Derek DeVerco was charged with second degree murder and sentenced to seven years in prison. 
He was released in 1999. Heather Swallers was also sentenced to second-degree murder and released in 1998. Donnie Semenik was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Derek Kaufman, our favorite self-proclaimed hitman, was sentenced to life plus 30 years. Allie Willis was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 40 years in prison. Wait, what? Yeah. These sentences are so over, all over the place. I never understood that about Allie Willis being getting she didn't, such a huge... Like, why would she have more than some of the guys? I have no idea. I mean, it could have been the fact that she... Lured him lured there. Lured him there. Uh-huh. Um, or they believed because it was uh, his ex. Right. I, I could never understand that. However, she did file an appeal, and her sentence was reduced to 17 years. And she's out now. She's been out since 2001. Oh, wow. Uh, but she's on probation until 2041. So she'll be a little old lady being like, I'm staying out all night tonight. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Connolly was sentenced to life, but her sentence was reduced on appeal. Uh, she got nine years and was released in 2004. Nine years? Yeah. Marty Puccio, however, was sentenced to death by electrocution. Wow. In 1997, his sentence was reduced to life in prison. Why? Uh, I, I, read, I read the appeal, and I forgot why just now. <laughs> it was a long appeal. Uh, I mean, it, that's so weird that all of their cases seem to be, like, yeah. reduced at some point. Right. They all got reduced. I do think um, it's because they were young and they, 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 that they believe Bobby was really bad. Like, I mean, this is like one of those crazy cases where some parts of it, you are, you do want to believe that these kids were, um, pushed to it, pushed to the edge. Right. But then you think about how, well, Marty was also a piece of fucking shit. There's no really good person. There's no good person in this story. And you believe Bobby was horrible. Right. Uh, But they're so not innocent, too. The only person I ever really kind of rooted for in this situation, in a way, was the Allie Willis. She was very um, traumatized by this guy who had raped her. Right. So she has more of an incentive. Right. And she had been raped and abused before as a kid uh she was in a involved in a prostitution ring when she was a teenager i guess that's why i have sympathy towards her in that way but she was also a rich girl yeah but bad things happen to rich (laughs) girls too i mean this is like horrible yeah i'm not saying it's not hard i'm not talking about the rape i'm talking about her like slide and i don't know well she was like she seems more complicated character than a lot of them yeah, she did. I mean, she wasn't like that rich, but she had money. I mean, right. her parents had money, but like, I, I don't think that really has anything to do. I think, you know, she doesn't have like a fault in getting involved in this prostitution ring when she was no. like 15 years old, no. like that she was. But I do on. feel like she is complicit in this murder. Of course she's yeah. complicit. I'm just saying she is the more complicated character who I sort of had. Right. The most she has the most for. sympathy because of her story. Because of her story. Whereas the other ones, they were just all fuck-ups. Right. And the other thing that's really crazy about this case is that, like, Heather Swallers was just really... And Derek Kaufman, they were just fucking along for the ride. They were just... It's bizarre to me that you would... They didn't even know Bobby. Right. 
they didn't even have like a relationship to any of Bobby's victims. They're just aimless people who are like, let's go. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's it's do insane. it. Like, especially this Derek Kaufman guy, his fucking mullet. He does have a mullet in real life. Of course. Uh, we'll post his um, picture from the trial. He's very attractive looking. Well, um, I mean, a mullet. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like doing this case. I was like, God, like everyone here just fucking sucks. It kind of reminds me of the Jimmy James Hollywood. Jesse James everyone, Hollywood. Or Jesse James Hollywood's, yeah. Where well, it's that, like everyone was kind of like. Everyone was really, I mean, there was a lot of scuzzy characters in that, but the person who was murdered in that was such an innocent victim. He was innocent, right. And but I'm just saying so, all the characters surrounding it was just like. All the characters yeah. surrounding him were pretty gross people. But um, this was like. I mean, that I think, and that's the other thing that was so effective about having Larry Clark be the director of this, because the way he did kids was all about like disaffected, aimless, in trouble, at risk right. youth. So it was a subject matter that was perfect for him. Right. So this also painted this picture of these very like apathetic, like rudderless. Did anyone claim that Bobby Kent was a good guy? Like. Uh, in the trial, like his parents, yeah, or whoever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. His parents in the trial were like, he was our sweetheart, yeah. and he was gonna do, go to college, and he was gonna do this and that, and like, you know, I'm like I said before, it's like he was compared to Eddie Haskell. So all the so adults he, in his life thought he was. Yeah, just, he yeah. did have this good reputation with the adults, but they didn't see this darker side of him, uh-huh. in which he was manipulative and horribly abusive to everyone but else around is him. Is it only the stories of these people who are saying he's abusive? That's what I'm wondering. Like, not that right. I disbelieve them, right? But nothing I mean, was ever necessarily proven. Well, it was like the teenagers, right. all the teenagers in his life. I'm just curious if there was like some alternate conspiracy where Marty was really. <laughs> do you know what I right. mean? Right, Marty like, was the one. One, and he killed the good guy and made it look like he was the bad or whatever. Like I'm that would curious. be an interesting conspiracy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that there is stuff like that on the internet. Right, that wonders. Um, you know, if that stuff happened, but it would have to be a lot of people in on the conspiracy because Allie Willis was his girlfriend. Right. And she's like, yeah, he raped me and he beat me up. Right. And he was terrible. Right. Um, so everyone's out except for Derek, the hitman. Derek's not out. Donnie's not out. And Marty Puccio Uh is still in prison forever. So there's no possibility of parole. I don't think so. Uh huh. Um, his sentence just got commuted to not, not die death. by electric chair. Dude, it's insane that there's still electric chair in Florida. Is that Is still? still electric I don't know, chair? but that was only what? It sounds. It sounds so crazy. It sounds so like. Electric it's, chair is the most extra death It's so you can fucking get, like. extra. It's so wild that like in 2018, that's like. Still I feel a like thing. no one really does that anywhere but that's one of those things where it's like yeah they could still use it but no one does like yeah it's so crazy it's wild i mean um, i think that ted bundy was electric shared yeah right he was i just think florida i mean come on florida's not gonna give up that shit it's talking about extra like florida is the most extra i can't even like i've always hated florida since i moved you know i moved to new york when i was like 10 but my roots are very deep in Florida. Like my whole family is from there. So it's like, it was such a relief to me when people started realizing what a fucked up place Florida was. <laughs> like, cause now it's like if on the internet, it's, it's always the it's the like joke. the butt of the joke. Yeah. And it's like, of course it's Florida. Right. And it's just like, finally, like I felt like no one got how 
insane Florida was for the longest time. So it is sort of a relief. Right. But now part of me is like, okay, like, come on, like, come on, New Jersey. Right. Or like, thank God Roy Moore was like in Alabama or something. Cause that would be so Florida too. Oh yeah. I mean, Florida is still such a horrible place. I don't know if I'll ever go back there, but there are things I do think about like wanting to see again. Like what? Well, they have like the most rinky dink tourist tra- attractions in Florida. Like, like a giant ball of yarn? No, it'll be like an alligator, you know, Uncle Pa's <laughs> alligator farm or like a manatee. Like, I mean, just like, or like a mermaid, like Waikiki. There was like one called like Waikiki Mermaids. So you would go and see these mermaids, but they were in the shittiest like aquarium tanks. I mean, they were human beings with, with like mermaid, a mermaid tails. tails. Oh and it was God. supposed to be like the high, high, height of glamour. And it oh was just God. like the grossest. So I am fascinated by that um, tourism scene there. Right. Because there is like the highbrow rich areas that are sort of touristy. But then there's just rinky dink tourism all throughout Florida. And I, I like that aspect. Yeah. My grandfather was actually um, a souvenir salesman. Shut up. So he would sell souvenirs to all of these tourist traps or whatever. So I would have so many of them growing up. Like I had like five collapsible cups. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just had a shitload of Florida souvenirs. Like a a few years ago, I I was like collecting them on eBay. I would like buy like coasters or. Right. Because they are sort of retro and sort of trashy camp. Right. The, I don't know. So the, there is this element of Florida that I do find fascinating, but I hate it in general. Well, I think that's why I've always wanted to go there is because right. I do uh, am fascinated by... Um, I feel like there could be a fun adventure in Florida, but I don't really have the time or money to plan it where to do what I would want to do. Right. But if I had an unlimited, I think it's also like, I'm not at the level in my life where I'm just taking unlimited vacations. Right. So if I'm taking a vacation, I'm not going to fucking Florida. Well, when this but if I had like, enough money, we'll go. Right? When I had like, if I had like a unlimited funds, I'd be like, let's go to Florida for a weekend and do fucking I'm shitty things. I'm saying yeah. that Desi, when we get enough money, uh, when we get sponsors on this show, we'll do a crime tour we'll of Florida. We'll do a crime tour of Florida. Oh, like if I had like a show where we were going to do a show in Miami or Orlando yeah. or whatever, I would definitely be like, let's go let's off go these the- side roads and go to these rinky dink fucking places because oh they still exist. That. Like. I would love that. So yeah, so I that still want to go there. I still want to see what it's all about because I just hear right such things. At I'm this point, fascinated. I just can't imagine what would bring me back there. But yeah, yeah if it was like for a show, a live right. show, or whatever. When we start touring, yes, yes. When we start touring, we'll make a stop in Florida. <laughs> if you're a listener from Florida, please give us a shout out, right, on Twitter or in our Facebook group, Hollywood Crime Scene Friends. Yeah. Um, hey. I actually love hearing where people are from. I think we had uh, some people last week talking about who else here is from England. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was cute. So there really, was a few people. Yeah. I know. It was exciting. Yeah. I really we're like. We're international. I know. I love that we're international. <laughs> we have a lot of listeners in Canada, too. We do. Yeah. So. Yeah. We do. Um, okay. Well, enough about us. Ha, 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 ha. Um, uh, thanks. That was interesting. Okay. Check out the movie. Yeah, watch the movie Bully. It's very good if you haven't seen it. Um, and I hope you guys like that episode. Yeah, thank we'll you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.